Thank you. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Hey, give it up for our announcers. Yes. I think my, I think my Bible is so big that that's not going to work. Okay. Hey, are you guys enjoying yourselves tonight? So, I think I was talking to Whitney earlier, and I said, if you don't have a group of like, I don't know how many people here, 50 to 60, if you don't have a group of like 50 to 60 friends that you can't dress up in Hawaiian attire last minute, then you don't have good friends, okay? So, but we're all good friends here, and I love it. I think it's awesome. So, if you don't have friends like that, hey, I want, we want to welcome you as a part of Chi Alpha. We'd love for you guys to make this a regular thing that you go on Wednesday nights. Also, um, like was mentioned before, core groups. Um, this is the last week for core groups. Some of you guys might be doing stuff over the finals week, but that's kind of like a, a smaller community. And believe it or not, I've heard rumors that people have more fun in core group than actually at connection. So, yes, I think that's very possible. And actually, we encourage that. We encourage fun. Um, we're not curmudgeons here. I used to, I used to uh, think that following Jesus, you had to be lame or like bored with your life. I thought that was like a good thing. Like the more you follow Jesus, the more boring your life would get. But like I learned that that's not the case. And personally, I think you can tell. I'm very glad that that's not the case, okay? Are you guys glad that that's not the case? Awesome. Well, hey, my name is Andy. Uh, if you didn't know, if I haven't met you yet, I'd love to meet you. Um, my wife and I pastor Chi Alpha. We were former students. We met downstairs uh, right in front of the rat at one of the first connections years and years ago. Um, but we love college students. I love talking to college students. I love learning from you guys. I love experiencing what you guys experience. I love learning all the new things that you guys do and like, you know, how quickly you move on from like social media because Snapchat's cool now, but like next week something else will be cooler and I'm like, I'll just get on board as soon as I can. So I just like to, I like to learn from you guys. I love how much you guys just want to tackle the world. Like I talked to a lot of students just throughout the year and pretty much every single one of them wants to change the world. Would you guys agree that a lot of, a lot of your peers and a lot of your people you guys meet around that they want to change the world at some point, right? So a lot of different reasons. We meet uh, Muslim students, we meet Hindu students. I just, uh, Mark and I and Caleb were greeting some people out there. We met a guy that's just kind of agnostic. Um, thanks. And uh, man, it's just awesome. I love interacting with college students. And some people ask Heather and I like, hey, so when are you guys going to be like a real pastor? And we're like, well, first of all, we are real pastors. Second of all, do you mean like a pastor of like a, a local church, like with a building and stuff? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I mean like, so sometimes I'd have to sit in an office a lot and like not get to dress up like Hawaiian craziness and interact with college students. And like, oh, okay, makes sense. Like, I don't ever want to, if that's what a real pastoring is, I don't want to be that, you know. But I love, we love being around you guys and appreciate you guys so much. And uh, just so you know, raise your hand if you had something to do with putting on tonight either, don't, not yet, either decorating, worship team, setup team, uh, you did some planning for tonight that just kind of activated tonight. Raise your hand if you like, you know, and you can be bragging yourself a little bit. If you helped make this night happen, go ahead. Keep it up. Keep it up. Hey, yeah, I think it's appropriate. Give him a round of applause. 
So you guys can put your hands down. Just so you guys know, man, this stuff doesn't just happen every night. This isn't just Heather coming in with two kids and like setting everything up, man. This, this is like across the board, like people pitch in and people make it happen. And so I just thought, you know, I thought it might be fun, like, hey, let's just do a Hawaiian night. So I just kind of sent the message out to some of the leaders and then one of the leaders kind of passed it on there a little bit. And I was like, I'm just going to show up with my Hawaiian shirt. I don't know if anybody else is, but I'm like, look around, like, this is awesome. Like, all this happened within, like, an afternoon. So, man, if you guys contributed to this, I know people brought food, and you hung up tiki things, and, and there's fish swimming in the fire alarm tank, and I think that's awesome. And so, this is just fun. So, if you guys aren't having fun yet, you know, I'm not sure what else we need to do to make you have fun, but we love Jesus. We love having fun, and we think following Jesus is the greatest way you can spend your life. Amen? Um, I think, actually speaking of fun, so we were going to play this a little earlier, but uh, so there's some talented people in our midst, and uh, we have one particular talented person, Colton Schrader. Yeah. And he, uh, he threw a video together, and uh, I asked him this a little while ago, and, and so this is still kind of a work in progress. I'm not sure if we have like the updated, updated version of the, or the former updated version, but either way, they're all awesome, so I just thought it would be fun if we could play that. Can we do that? You guys excited about that? Okay. You ready for us, Adam? Let's do it. Crank it. You can dance, too. You can, you know. Maybe you should dance. Maybe you should dance. You can move a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cookies. That's my wife. Kimberly. Somebody. Oh, yeah, Joe. I'm sure that went in. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So fun. So we're going to be using that a little bit over the summer just for fun, just to help students know that, man, you can follow Jesus and have fun. And even if you don't follow Jesus, you can still enjoy life with us as we're following Jesus. Thanks for doing that, Colton. That was awesome. Yeah. So uh, we kind of have a, a, a short, a small running joke in our fight club or our resource team. Our resource team is basically a core group for the core group leaders, okay? And so we have a guys one and girls one, and in the future we're going to multiply, so we're going to have multiple resource groups and that kind of stuff because we'll just have too many core groups to handle under one, and so there's kind of a running joke, and I get teased nearly weekly because I always wear long johns uh, or like thermals to everything, and so it doesn't matter if it's like 50 degrees out or 80 degrees out or 30 degrees out in the same day, like I'll just wear <laughs> thermals, right, and so I actually, I had thermals on today, and I actually, believe it or not, got too hot, and so I took them off, and uh, I actually still have thermal pants, but I can't take those off for a particular reason that Dylan knows, but I won't go into that. Anyway, so is it okay, can I like, can I... 
I'm feeling a little warm. Can I take off a few layers? Is that okay? Just one. Is that right? Okay, okay. So I'm going to take off just one. Maybe the, just the hat. Okay, I actually probably need to take this guy off because, oh, okay. All right, well, I'll keep it on for just a minute. Just a minute. I don't know. Okay, it's extra weird. Okay, anyway. So, um, so yeah. What was it? Let me see my notes. Okay, so, hey, so, who's going to the finals week party next week? Okay, you guys know that's at the finals week party, okay? I think I got everything. Um, man, it's just so stinking hot in here. Okay, that better? Okay. I got three more underneath here, so if I just get hot, I'm just going to keep, you know, peeling off. So, hey, who's going to the finals week party? Yeah, you guys know that that's at the Kyle House. So this is like our last real connection of the semester. And I think they, I know, that stinks, right? You can boo. I don't know who you're booing, but let's have a collective boo. Yeah, okay. So, so we're going to transition into our um, summer connection stuff, okay, we'll let you guys know. I think we'll probably just have to make it like a summer group meet and then add everybody to it, okay, you can add yourselves to it. So what you guys get to look forward to in the summer, um, we're going to play, be playing a lot more outside, which would be nice. We're going to be playing some volleyball, anybody like can jam, you guys like can jam? Uh, ping pong, anybody like ping pong? This is the woo section over here, nobody else knows what's going on. So. Ping pong, or if you're good at ping pong, you call it table tennis. Any table tennis people in here? Okay, all right, that's Dennis. I see you. Okay, I got you. I got you. So, um, hey, I personally, I just love, I feel so congested in this thing. Okay, I love all the, I love all the seasons of Chi Alpha. I really do. So, I love like the intensity of fall push. Who got to experience the intensity of fall push this year? It's like, it's like say goodbye to your mom and your dad, and then you see them in like a month sometimes, okay? I know it's a little crazy, but man, like we're just hungry to reach freshmen, and you're sweaty, and you're like, when's the last time I washed my Chi Alpha shirt? I don't know, but we'll spray it with some stuff, and then be good to go. Let's do it. Let's party again, right? You go from one party to another party to another party. It's just awesome, okay? I, I really love the rush of fall push. I love the retreat of fall breakaway. You guys enjoy fall breakaway? I, lo- I love that we have like an awesome campground too. Like it's not grimy. If you guys haven't been to Fall Breakaway, it is a nice, like nearly it's a hotel in the wilderness, okay? It's pretty stinking nice and like the showers are clean and the food's good, all that kind of stuff. So I love the retreat of Fall Breakaway. I love just the uniting that happens around salt, right? So we leave for winter break and you do your Black Friday shopping, all that kind of stuff, and you're missing each other, and then you come back around salt time. Sometimes it's in January. This year it was MLK weekend. I love the United. I love raising up new leaders who got to be a part of the LTC class this year, leadership training class. Awesome, awesome. It's just all fun. Like, it's all fun. It's all enjoyable. It's kind of like Ohio weather, okay? So you, you, got, you got all different seasons. You know, you got rain, you got, I mean, sometimes there's slow, like there's slow seasons in Chi Alpha, okay? Summer's a slower season, and that's one of the reasons I love it, because there's volleyball, and if we want to start 30 minutes late, because we feel like it, we'll start 30 minutes late, and that's okay, because the volleyball was really, really good, and I lost the last game, and so I'm going to play another game, and so we're going to start 30 minutes late, right? I'm competitive. So I, I, love, I love all the seasons of Chi Alpha. It's I love like the ups and the downs, the slows, the fast, all that kind of stuff. Like in Ohio, you have rain, 
right? You had snow, you got sleet, I'm going to hold this. You got hail. Anybody recently, we had hail? You guys know that? We had hail that looked like dipping dots. Yeah, that was sweet. I picked it up. I'm like, you got to see this. And I dropped it in Heather's drink and it dissolved. It was super cool. So we got rain, snow, hail, sun, tornadoes, solar eclipses, solar flares, and all that is just before lunch, right? I mean, that's just, so, so if you're not, if you're not enjoying the fact that the seasons change, especially with Ohio so frequently, but if you're not enjoying the seasons of Ohio or the seasons of Chi Alpha, the seasons of your life, man, can I just challenge you and encourage you? Let's enjoy it. It's just too good. It is too good to wait during winter just for the summer or to enjoy summer and then hate the fall. Like the fall in Ohio is beautiful. I mean, it may only last a weekend sometimes, but it is, it's beautiful, right? Um, so just a life tip for you guys, okay? Life tip, you can kind of lodge this in your, in your brain, your life. So just a challenge, like let's enjoy every season that we're in, okay? And we won't complain about it, but we'll just enjoy every season that we're in because to be honest, like let's refuse to complain about the seasons. I think that might be a challenge for us. Because to be honest, complainers, they're just not cool. Like they're just, they're no fun, right? Anybody enjoy complainers, being around complainers? Okay, a couple liars in there. I'm just kidding. So, okay, they're just flat out not fun. All right, so turn to your friend next to you and confess to them that sometimes you can be an uncool, unfun complainer. Oh, no, no, no. This is confession time. This is confession time, everybody. Not calling out, okay? Turn to your friend and admit that you can complain sometimes, okay? All right, you guys do that? Corinne, you good? Okay. All right, all right, all right. That's good. That's enough confessing. Cut it off. Now you're just drawing attention to yourself. Okay. So, friend, friend, whoever got, whoever got uh, confessed to, the most appropriate thing for you to do is to turn back to them and tell them, it's not okay, but I forgive you. You can go ahead and do that. It's not okay, but we forgive you. I forgive you. Hey, I'm a, I, can, I can definitely be an uncool, unfun complainer, so I have a, coll- I have a collective confession. I'm sorry, okay? I... Thank you, thank you. Because if you say it's okay, you're just helping them complain. Like, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it. You're like, great, I'm going to go complain, right? But no, hey, it's not okay. We're just moving on, but you are forgiven. Because we, guys, as people who follow Jesus, or some of you guys, maybe people who are figuring out this whole Jesus thing, we want to enjoy each and every season. That's why, I mean, people have learned to do this over thousands of years, okay? You got countries like Nordic countries it like only snows ever, and it's like nasty snow and good snow and pretty snow than bad snow, and then that's all summer, right? It's just, so they figure out, hey, we're going to invent stuff like curling, right? The whole broom thing, like only Nordic countries would come up with that. Like Ohio people were like, it's not gonna, the ice is not going to melt that long, don't worry about it, we'll just wait, right? But Nordic countries invented that, and then you got other places, you know, they invent curling, like they invent snow skiing, anybody been snow skiing? Not like downhill, I mean like cross-country skiing. Anybody done that? Dude, it's fun. It's like, I need to get my groceries, but my car won't start, or it's buried. I'm just going to go, shh, shh. 
like only Nordic people who enjoy the season, right, that they're in would, would figure that out. And you guys know that I love summer in Ohio because every small town creates a festival. Yeah! Right? What's your festival? Apples. Apple festival. That's like a legit festival. Okay? What are some other legit festivals? What? Popcorn. Popcorn festival. Cherry festival. Okay. Okay. Time out. Time out. The true cherry festival is in Traverse City, Michigan. It's up here, like right there. World-class cherries. Okay. What other than, what, what else is a legit, legit, okay, in the back? Okay. I wouldn't give that legit. Okay. Go ahead. Renaissance Festival. All right, I'll give that. I'll give that Renaissance. What about you? Pump. Oh yeah, Pumpkin Festival. Hey, give it up for Pumpkin Festival. Okay, that was good. You got one? What? Potato Festival. Is that legit or not legit? Okay. Here's the here's here's the kicker. Do they have potato pancakes? Okay, it's legit. It's legit. Latkes or whatever you call them. Okay, they have everything. All right, Bean Festival, I, I don't know if I'd like, and here's the thing, when you have, when you're like a bean farmer, like, and you just get all like the massive beans, because some plants, they produce all their beans at once, right? You're just like, what are you going to do with all these beans? You have so many beans, you can't can them, you, you, you're like going to throw them away, but what do you do? What do you do when you have a boatload of beans? You make a festival. That's totally right. Perfect job. And like corn festival, I mean, let's be honest, I don't get excited about corn, but if you have a corn festival, I'll go to it, right? See, we have figured out it's a good thing to like celebrate all the seasons. Even like when you have way too many beans in your life or way too much corn or way too much snow, you're like, dude, we're going to call it a festival and invite people and paint the sidewalks and then we're going to find new ways to eat potatoes and beans, and corn soup, and corn juice. They, they make corn, don't they make corn juice in like Peru, or is that potato juice? Like purple potato juice? Okay, they have purple, get this everybody, this will change your life. I don't know for the better, maybe, probably. They have purple corn juice in Peru. Somebody figured out that it's a good idea to do something with all that purple corn, Okay. My, my whole point, okay, here's my whole point. Enjoy the seasons, okay? Can we do that w- with each other? Okay. Even if there's 15, right, in one Ohio. So sometimes you have the corn season, right? Sometimes you have the bean season. Sometimes you have berry season, strawberry season, that kind of stuff. But and you have the gospel even. But guess what? The gospel is always in season. Yeah? See what I did there? See it there? You like that transition? Okay, that's good. Okay. So, it is always, 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 always the season for the gospel in our lives, okay? It's always a good season to dig deeper into the gospel. It's always a good season to let the gospel dig deeper into us. It's always a good season to discern, to, to discern if our gospel, if our good news is actually the good news of the scriptures, the good news of the Bible. Because there's a lot of good news floating around here, and sometimes we can pick that up, but it's always a good season to look at our own gospel, what we're living at as good news, and say, hey, does that line up with what Jesus says? Does that line up with the Old Testament? Does that line up with the whole of scripture? 
It's always a good season to let God be, or let the gospel be proclaimed from us, right? Not just on Tuesdays at the table, not just when people are greeting people as they go by, but in your classes over the summer and the winters. It's always a good season to proclaim the gospel in our lives, out of our lives, but also out of our community. So what I want to do is I want to dig into 1 John, and you guys can go ahead and start turning there now. I'm going to, I'm going to look, we're just going to briefly look at 1 John. So if you don't know, 1 John is in the back of your Bible. It's not the Gospel of John. It's not Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, but it's in the very back, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, right before Revelation. So if it's easier, go all the way to the back, and then just flip back a few pages, okay? So as you guys are turned there, let me give you a little overview of the Gospel, or not, let me give you an overview of the 1st John and the writer. So the writer of 1 John likely wrote five books in the New Testament. The Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, I'm sorry, four books, and Revelation. Okay, so he's, he's the author of probably four books. He was the disciple of Jesus. He was the one that walked around with Jesus. They lived life together. So this author literally knew Jesus. Physically, literally, they walked together, they lived life together, Okay. And one of the funny things about John is, man, he's a lover. Okay, he talks about love a lot, which is so funny because, and he even talks about that he was the disciple that reclined against Jesus. Like, he's just so enthralled with Jesus that, man, like, he, personal boundaries didn't even matter to him. He's just like, man, Jesus, you're everything. It was just awesome. So First John, or John 1, I should say First John, that's fine. First John is a letter that was written probably to be circulated, not to just one church. Okay, it was written to like kind of a generic letter about the gospel and says, hey, kind of pass this around a lot, okay, um, to different Christian communities. And there was two purposes that he wrote this book. Everybody say two. two. The two purposes to expose false gospels or lies about Christianity, lies about Jesus, to expose those things, but also to challenge Christians to gospel living. So the two purposes that John wrote this book is to expose bad gospels, incorrect gospels, and also to challenge Christians to gospel living. So one of the great things about John, the author, but especially in 1 John, is that he's repetitive. Okay? So one of the great things about John is that he's repetitive. One of the great things about John is that he's repetitive. One of the great... Are you guys getting it? Okay, okay, he's... he's Getting it into so this is what he does in scripture. It's actually very helpful. So we could rock, we could rock around like, oh, just tell me once I get it. But John is smart. He knows that we need this stuff over and over and over and over again, even in the same short book. Okay, that's what we have here. So the great thing about John is, no, I said that part. So he repeats it multiple times, and even the points that he emphasizes, he point, he emphasizes it multiple times in different ways, so that he wants the readers. The, the early church, but now us, he wants them to really grasp what he's talking about, not just both through like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. We're kind of moving on to the advance of the important stuff, okay? So let's look at First John. And I know you guys are all thinking, what chapter? So First John 4, okay? And this is the only reason I've kept my inner tube on this long, so I'm going to read like this. You guys all have your reading devices? Okay, I'm just kidding. I can't do that. It's just too embarrassing. All right, so 1 John chapter 4. Okay. Anybody want this? I can't throw that far. Okay. 
Oh, I missed it. And it's right in the middle. Okay, moving on, moving on. Okay, so we got 1 John chapter 4, verses, starting in verse 7, okay? Let me pray first. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, God, for working together, for loving us, for caring for us. God, I thank you that you promise us in your word that if two or more Bible-believing Christians are gathered together, that you will show yourself there, that you'll be in our midst. And I thank you, God, that you're in our midst here right now, and that you didn't leave us as orphans with just a book, God, but you also sent your Holy Spirit to be inside of Christians, but also to help us understand this scripture and these truths. Holy Spirit, would you help us push the things, the distractions out of the way? God, help us to focus on you. Help us to learn from you and know you. God, because that's really what we want. God, we don't want to remain the same. We want to be changed by you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Actually, sorry, verse 9. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he didn't just love us. He sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Man, that is a powerful truth. And I love this whole book is just chock full of stuff. And I would encourage you guys, maybe even before the end of the week, just read the whole book. I mean, it'll take you probably like 13 minutes or something like that. It's really not very long at all. But this is how we see that the gospel is in Scripture. We cannot get to God. Let me, side note, so I'm going to talk about the gospel tonight. Some of this like, maybe like, yeah, I've heard that before. That's not the point of tonight, though. The point of tonight is not for you to agree with anything that's been said, either through Scripture or through worship. The point is let it to soak deeper into our lives. So I'll probably say a lot of things that you guys have already heard tonight or you've heard before, but my point is not to just, like, not for you guys to agree with it, but really to let it seep even deeper into our hearts, into our spirits, into our minds. Does that make sense? Okay, so just, that was like a warning, but encouragement, okay? So we cannot get to God. It's like an everlasting chasm that we cannot jump over. It is impossible for humans to approach a perfect God. Broken, sinful, rebellious humans like you and me to get to God. It's just impossible. That's what false religions that's where they want to come in and they want to give false good news or false gospel. You guys get this? That every religion other than Christianity teaches that it's your job to get to God. It's your job to get enough good deeds under your belt so that whatever their God is would be approved of you. It's your job to do the right things, to abuse your body, to put yourself into submission that God would be pleased with you. It's funny because you, you hear about people switching religions or maybe, maybe even leaving Christianity or leaving the church and they like, join this religion, join this religion. It's so funny because like, if they really knew what it would mean to join those other religions, man, it would be atrocious. Nobody would really ever deeply do that. It's, it's, it's 
it's terrible because they're basically saying, I'm going out of God's grace and I'm going to make it on my own. I'm going to do all this stuff by myself and I'm going to prove myself how good I am to God. That's not possible. But yet we see and we hear about people doing that or trying that, attempting that over and over again. Christianity, through the Bible, teaches us that God came to us. And I think Jay even kind of encouraged us earlier during worship that we couldn't come to him and God didn't just wait, but God came to us. An eternal, perfect God came to us. And that's amazing. He came to us because we couldn't come to him. He wasn't impatient. It was physically, eternally, spiritually impossible for us to come to him. And it's kind of funny because this book talks a lot about love. And I mentioned that John is a lover for sure. And when we read this letter, John talks about that love doesn't even come from us. That we can't even muster up love. Have you guys ever tried to muster up love for somebody that you know that you should? You know, it's kind of short-sighted, right? And usually it just kind of comes in emotions or like, well, the duty of my love kind of lasted that long, but then I ran out real short, right? It's hard. For me, like, I naturally love my kids way more than every other kid. Like, if there's another aged boy running around, like, not Finn, like, I'll just love them less, right? Because in my flesh, I'm like, well, you're not my kid. I don't enjoy you that much. Like, I mean, I want to love them. I, you know, I want to care about them. It's just harder. I can't muster up deep familial family love for people outside of my family. It's hard, right? It's just not in me. It's not natural for me. But we learn about love. We learn that love actually comes from God and righteousness, perfection comes from God. It cannot come from us. And here's the thing. It's like little kids. But like little kids, we watch our Father, our Heavenly Father, and then we follow in His ways and we follow in His commands to love. That's the only way that we learn how to love is because it was exemplified. It was already done to us and for us, exemplified in front of us. For John, and really the whole Bible, John helps us understand that behavior is actually permanently attached to belief. Say that with me. Behavior is permanently attached to belief. So you may have heard us say that you act out of what you believe, or I act out of what I believe. We act in faith if we have faith in Jesus. We act in disobedience if we wrongly believe something about God or something about us, even though that's sin. When I say belief, I don't mean like this light, temporary hope, like I believe that this will happen or I hope this is what, it's not like a light thing. When the Bible talks about belief, it is like a core to who you are. Belief is not something that's passing. Belief is something that's internal, it's deeply rooted. And that's a belief that I'm talking about. Like when you go to bed at night, when nobody's around, that's when belief kicks in because you can't cover it up with anything else. When you get, some, when something happens in your life that you just react to, it's because of your belief system. When you, when you didn't mean to react that way or you, you blurted it out or something happened or whatever your reaction was, it's because of based on our belief system because we got squeezed and whatever was in us came out. One belief system that actually the writer John was combating was a thing called Gnosticism. Has anybody heard of Gnosticism? Okay, I'll spell it for you. G-N-O-S-T-I-C-I-S-M. Gnosticism, kind of the Greek word of knowledge. So Gnosticism, I'll give you the brief thing here. Gnosticism took many forms 
back in this time, but it saw kind of a couple, a couple main ways. One of the beliefs that Gnosticism had was that physical things had no connection to spiritual things. That physical things were bad and that all spiritual things were good. And how this kind of played out was that the Gnostics would actually physically abuse their body into submission to try to get them to live right and do right. They would physically abuse themselves, like you're thinking of the, like self-harm, things like that, but like way, that was like a religion for them. Like this is what we do, we, we cut ourselves, we harm ourselves, we do these things to our body because it doesn't matter eternally or we'll abuse our bodies, right, to, to, to kind of prove ourselves that we're doing things good. Another way that it would happen was that they would say, well, I'll do whatever with my body because it doesn't matter. So the Gnostics, they would have sex with anything and anybody that they wanted because they, in their belief system, they're like, it doesn't matter. They're like, I'll do whatever I want with my body because my body is separated from my spirit. And they thought anything physical is bad and anything spiritual is good. So John is combating. So that may sound like good news. It may sound like good news to people today of, hey, do whatever you want physically because it doesn't matter in the end. Right? I mean, would that be, can you think of that be tempting for anybody to kind of join into that belief? I would. Right? That'd be, that'd be tempting for a lot of people. Hey, do whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. Right? Or be a self-made man. Be a self-made woman. Like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get the job done. Right? That's how we see this played out today. So Gnosticism wasn't just in New Testament times. It actually seeps its way. It's very sneaky. It seeps its way into belief systems today. But John teaches us that our belief is inseparably tied to our behavior. So here's a couple examples. If we believe that God doesn't exist, some of you guys may have friends that are atheists or maybe you're an atheist tonight. If we believe that God doesn't exist, then that gives us the freedom to do whatever you want. It's true. That's, the, that's a logical conclusion. If I believe that God doesn't care about the little things in my life, then I'm not going to obey him in the little things in my life. I'm going to do whatever I want in the little things and only do good big things, right? Because I'm going to be acting out of my belief. If I believe that I can earn God's love, then I'm going to live like I'm trying to earn God's love. Does that make sense? Our belief is tied to our actions. But if we believe that God does exist, then we're going to live like he does exist. If we believe that God is a God that heals physically, then we're going to pray that God would physically heal people. If we do not believe that God heals, we will not pray for healing. If we do not believe that God saves people, we will not engage the lost, right? If we believe that God has authority over this whole campus, then we don't walk around in shame and in guilt, but we walk around in power and in might in a good sense of pride because we know who our dad is and we know who's in charge, right? We live out of our belief system. If I believe that I'm a rebellious sinner at my core, but I believe that I'm saved through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I'm going to live like that. We cannot help but to live out of what we believe. So some of you guys know that I have a truck. Actually, probably very few of you know I have a truck. I've been working on it for a while, okay? It's a V6 2000 Ford Ranger. That's almost as old as some of you guys. Who's 18 here? 
A couple of you, okay, so, no, are we 2018? Yeah, so how, when were you born? 99, so it's just a little bit older than you are, okay, so it's been in my garage for a little while, so anyway, so I'm working on it, I pretty much got it working, okay, I'm like gonna fire it up, and me and Dylan are going to peel around the neighborhood, you know, have fun, right, so it's a V6, but the problem is it's not a V8, and I'm on all these Ford forums, and about all these people, like they try, they literally remove the engine, and they, they like jam this V8 engine, anybody like engine people, like car people, nobody, okay, a V6 is good, but in most cases, a V8 is better, okay? It's more power, more gas guzzling, but people who are engine people, they don't care about gas and fuel consumption in the environment. They just want more power, okay? So the problem is it's a V6, and I can't change that. I cannot change. I can't wish my Ford Ranger to be a V8. It's just not possible. If it hangs around a bunch of V8s, it's not going to change into a V8. Okay, I can polish that thing. I can make that thing look super nice. Not really anymore, but I could try. But it's never going to be a V8 Ford Ranger. Okay, what needs to happen is that an engine swap needs to happen. A core swap needs to happen. That's like us spiritually. We can't wish ourselves into better existence. We can't hope ourselves or be around enough good people that we can become righteous. Righteousness doesn't come from the outside. It comes from God moving in our inside. My Ford Ranger is never going to be a V8 because I'm never going to do an engine swap on it. But we can have our core changed. We can, have, we can be made brand new, and the Bible calls that being born again. We could look at this from God's perspective, and you guys have probably heard this before, but we say things like who God is determines what God does, And that informs who we are, and that determines what we do. I think we may even have a slide up. Who God is, what God does, who we are, what we do. See, the problem is we try to go up, but really reality goes down the list. Who we are comes from who God is. It doesn't come from what you do. It doesn't come from how righteous we try, how much we want to You know, all the good things that we do, as amazing as we are at worship, our righteousness only comes from who God is. God is love, and he only acts in love. God is just. God is full of mercy. He's full of grace. I was just talking to a guy earlier today, and he was talking about how he believes that God would kind of trick all these trick humans into, you know, lying to them and that kind of stuff. But I said, hey, but the God of the Bible, he's not like that. The Bible teaches us that he's a God of love and he cares for us and he wants us to come to him. He wants to bridge the gap. He has bridged the gap through Jesus. Guys, this is stuff that we need to soak in over and over again. This is not just baby food. This is like whole life following Jesus food. This is good stuff. This is what the writer John didn't just write to new Christians He wrote to seasoned Christians. He said, hey, remember the gospel. Soak in the gospel. Remember who loved you first. Remember where love came from. Remember the motivation for our living. Don't just remember it, but soak in it. Have that stuff push out those bad beliefs, those non-gospel, those bad gospels, those false gospels, false good news. Who we are, what God does, who we are determines what God does, What God does determines who we are, and who we are determines what we do. 
So remember how John repeats himself in the letter? You guys remember I said that? You guys remember how John repeats himself in the letter? Do you remember how John repeats himself? You got it. Okay, I think you're getting it. So John repeats the explanation of the gospel. So let's look at just a, a couple other verses here. Go ahead and turn to 1 John 3.16. Some of this may be familiar to you guys. Some of you guys may be able to quote it. I won't ask you to quote it right now. 1 John 3.16. Just a couple chapters, a couple pages back. John says, remember this is the same book. This is how we know what love is. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Go ahead and turn to 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. First John chapter 1, verse 8. I really do encourage you guys just to read the whole book in one sitting. It's super easy. Like I said, 13 minutes. You could probably do it tonight if you wanted to. First John chapter 1, starting verse 8, it says, If we claim to be without sin, and this isn't just pre-Christians. This is Christians too. Okay, this is the letter to Christians. If we claim to be without sin, past, present, or future sin, if we claim to be without sin, we actually deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim that we have not sinned, we make him, meaning God, out to be a liar. And his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, I love that he put that in. Like, Good, okay, now I, I'm, I need it, right? If anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. And that's Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Students, God did not just die for a few people. He didn't die for the chosen few. He didn't die just for the twelve. He didn't die for people that are righteous or in the right church or the right group. He died for everyone, and case in point, that's one of the ways that we know that. So you talk to any student here, you know that Jesus Christ died for that person. That person is valuable. Even if they're annoying, even if they don't get it, even if they live in such a way that means that looks like they don't know Jesus because they don't know Jesus, they are precious to the Father. And the Son physically died for them. We were praying earlier in pre-service prayer, and I was just kind of struck with this, the aspect that, man, it's, I'm thankful that we can unite around the gospel, that Christians can unite around the gospel. Because sometimes when we talk about sin, it's this like drudgery, it's this horrible thing, and sin is rebellion, sin is horrible. But the thing is, we have the solution for sin. It's like if we talked about cancer without a solution. 
No, we're talking about the solution to cancer, to all diseases, to all unrighteousness, to all problems in the world. We have it. That's amazing. That's unifying to us. We can celebrate the fact that we were all broken. If, if we're Christians, past tense, we were broken. Now we're fixed. There's still a lot of fixing that needs to go along the way. But for the most part, our brokenness has been redeemed by Jesus. Man, that's a celebratory thing. That's a worshipful thing. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that I don't have to walk around pretending that I'm way more righteous than everybody else. I'm thankful that I don't have to pretend that I have it all together. I'm thankful that we don't have to be a group that pretends and is super polished and whitewashed, right, and act like we don't have any problems in our life or that we didn't have any problems in our life. Guys, if, if you're new to Chi Alpha or if this is your first time here, please know that we're all a work in progress. I may say something that's super dumb, super offensive, super wrong. Let me just apologize and confess ahead of time. I'm sorry. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live like I don't know Jesus. I don't want to live like I'm not loved by Jesus. I don't want to live like that. And we don't want to live like that. That's why I love being with you guys. I love being in a raw, real community that we're centered around the gospel because if we keep going back to the gospel, man, that keeps us humble. We can't read that passage and read those passages and then be super puffed up with pride like, yeah, we did it. We're awesome. We're amazing. It's like, no, we're just humble. We're like, God, if anything good happened, man, you made us good. If we have wonderful joy in our midst, it's because God has given us wonderful joy. Has anybody, like, have you made a friend in Chi Alpha? Just raise your hand if you've made a friend in Chi Alpha. Yeah, pretty much everybody that I can see. Okay, that's because Jesus has enabled us to do that. Those deep-seated friendships, those lifelong friendships were centered around Jesus, who he is, what he's done, and what that makes us out to be. I'm so glad that we're not centered around how good we are. I'd have to leave the group real quick, right? I'm so glad that we're not centered around how smart we are. I'd also have to leave the group real quick. No, I'm just, I'm just excited that I get to unify with other Christians in this group that we're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating who he is. We're celebrating that the gospel is powerful for us, powerful for us this season and the next season and the next season and the next season and the next season. That's why it's always a gospel season. It's always a good time to remind ourselves of the gospel. And just so you guys know, this isn't like, this is like a snack of the gospel. I encourage you guys to chew on this, to meditate on this, to read the word and go through it and say, God, would you help me flush the non-gospel out of my life and help me live like I'm centered around you? Man, it's so much fun being around people that love Jesus. It's so much fun. It's so good. The Bible teaches that we have all sinned, and sometimes we think that is a small thing, but if God is perfect, if he's authority over everything, then a sin is a rebellion against perfect God, and that would, that's what makes us unachievable to him, or we can't close the gap, we can't close the gap, but God sent himself, Jesus Christ, as an advocate. He is the righteous one. Jesus Christ is your advocate, and he's way better advocate than I am. 
He's a way better advocate than your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your friends, your core group leader. Jesus Christ is all of our advocates. Praise him. Praise him. And there's no other way to salvation. You know what? He's so powerful, there's not a need for another way to salvation. Right? You don't need to try hard to get to God. You can't. God's like stopped that before he even started. It's because of Jesus. Praise God. Praise Jesus. So let me close with a challenge. Is that all right, guys? Okay. Hey, can you guys stand up with me? And actually, I'm going to call up the worship team. We're going to close in some worship. You guys can go ahead and prepare yourselves and I'll bring us there. So I just feel led that I I needed to kind of say this tonight, but the Bible teaches that there are two types of people, okay? The Bible teaches that there's two types of people. One group... One group is those that have acknowledged their sin, their need for a Savior, and have accepted the full sacrifice of Jesus. That's one group of people. Those are Christians. Those are disciples of Jesus. Those are followers. Those who have committed their life to Jesus. Acknowledging their sin, their need for a Savior, and accepting the full sacrifice of Jesus. That's one group. And the second group is simply just those who have not done that. The second group is not the hated group. The second group is not the outcast group. It's the second group is the group that just have not accepted and confessed their sin and accepted the salvation of Jesus. And if you talk to anybody on this campus, they may have a lot of reasons why they have not committed their life to Jesus. Sometimes is they just flat out don't know. They just don't know how. They don't know who Jesus is. They, you will meet people on this campus or UD or wherever that they flat out do not know who Jesus is. Or they think they know, but they really don't. So it could be that they don't know. It could be that they're confused. It could be that there's open rebellion. It could just be a misunderstanding. Who knows? That's not the point. The point is not to figure out why. The point is that God sent His Son to be an advocate for every single person on the planet. Every human being. Either we have been born again or we have not been born again. That's how the Bible describes the entire human race. So I want to give two challenges that we're going to close in worship. First challenge is to the first group, Christians. So if you're a Christian, if you follow Jesus, if he's your Lord, let me challenge you tonight with a challenge that goes through the summer, okay? My challenge is to dig deeper into the gospel and to let the gospel dig deeper into you. That may take the whole summer. Actually, it's going to take your whole life. But you can start this summer. It is too easy to treat the gospel as like baby food, as like mom's milk, and then you move on to like advancing. That's not how the Bible explains the gospel. We need the gospel for our sustenance, our recovery, our nourishment, our fuel for the future. We need the gospel, the good news of Jesus. You and I need the good news of Jesus over and over and over and over again. It's not that we need to get saved over and over again, but we need it over and over again. 
So that may look like a variety of things. And here's just a few. They're not limited. That may look like you're reading and you're meditating on the words of Jesus. The good news himself. Maybe you just meditate and you just chew through the Gospels this summer. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Maybe it looks like you're reading, maybe in addition to that, maybe you'd read like a Jesus-centered book, like a book called Gospel Fluency, or a book called The Prodigal God, or any other solid gospel-focused books that we could recommend to you. That may also look like you just grab a prayer partner, and you just decide, hey, we're going to meet once a week, and we're just going to pray through the gospel. We're going to dig. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin, and we're just going to confess sin to him with each other. It may look like that, or it may look like a lot of other things. But those are just some things just to get your brain going. Whatever it is, my encouragement to you guys is to decide early and to share that with somebody. It's just way harder to do it alone. We are not called Christians to be Christians by ourselves. We're actually called to follow Jesus with other people anyway. So it's actually easier, better, and more fun to do with somebody else. So you should do it easier, better, and more fun. Okay? So that's my challenge for Christians. If you're here and you're not a Christian... I have a challenge for you. It's simpler. Figure out why. Just figure out why you're not a Christian yet. Figure out why you have not committed your heart and your life to Jesus and you've not accepted the gospel. I want you to know, I'm not mad. We're not mad. I mean, it's the, most, it's the greatest thing in the world. It's the greatest transition ever. And we would all celebrate. The Bible tells us that angels who have a lot to celebrate, they celebrate every time somebody repents and commits their heart to Jesus and embraces the gospel. So if you're not a Christian, man, we love you. But we don't want you to stay a non-Christian. And joining Chi Alpha does not mean that you're saved. It does not mean that you're a Christian. This is a Jesus-centered group. But you may have been here a long time and you're like, hey, actually, I've never accepted the gospel in my life. It would be a tragedy if you were around us, had so much fun, dressed up in Hawaiian lace, had parties, went to Alfie's, all this stuff, and never actually accepted the gospel. So my challenge to you, if you're not a Christian, figure out why. We love having songs, we love fun hangouts, Hawaiian shirts, but we exist so that students would encounter Jesus. That is the most important decision of your life. And here's the thing, I did not say figure it out alone. Figure it out with us, figure it out with people, kick the tires, ask questions, navigate that with us. I would love to help you work through some of those questions. I would love that. A lot of people in here would cherish the chance of, hey, let's just figure this out together. If you have a question, let's talk through it. We don't treat people like they're dumb. We were all sinners. And some of us have accepted the gospel. So we all had the same starting point. There's unity in that. So figure out why. Like really why. What's holding you back from committing your life to Jesus? I want to close tonight by singing together declaring to Jesus, and we're going to sing through this chorus, and I think a little bit of a verse, and then I'm going to close in prayer. But just as a reminder, my challenge for Christians tonight, dig into the gospel, dig deeper into the gospel, and let it dig into you. And if you're not a Christian, figure out why. And man, I would be honored. I'll be here for a little bit after we close, and I'd love to connect with you and talk with you and pray with you. Amen.
Thank you.